live with that reality and, uh, and live in light of it. Um, by the way, it's good to have the Gerards. I do have that right? Okay. The Gerards here tonight, back. So I want to welcome you again. A little bit less crowded. <laughs> we went from like extreme difference in numbers. We got a number of sick that are sick. And so uh, hopefully it wasn't I who spread that and got everyone's. <laughs> I guess I'm being judged for, uh, I was, I wasn't feeling the greatest on Sunday. So, uh, now, now, yeah, so everyone can blame me, all right? If there's someone that's sick, it's my fault. All right. So you're there in Proverbs, hopefully in Proverbs chapter 11 now. And uh, let's uh, pray, ask God to give us uh, his wisdom and his help. Uh, Father, we do need your understanding and, and we need you to open our eyes to behold wondrous truth out of your law. Uh, understand that unless you give us understanding and that uh, your spirit works, that uh, we... Uh, won't be able to make the changes that we ought in life and understand your truth as we should. So uh, please teach us tonight and may we have hearts that are open and willing to understand and, and uh, ready to heed what the word and the spirit uh, teach us. And we'll thank you for it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a preacher who uh, made and shared a number of observations that he uh, made in regard to money and giving. He called it a matter of fact, and here's what he wrote, or he said, I have never known a generous person to complain about how much money it takes to run a church. Poor givers gripe about how much it takes. Generous givers express concern that they don't do more. I've never known a family who tithe for any length of time who quit. I've never known a generous family that was not generally happy, and I've never known a stingy, miserly family that was not generally unhappy about many things. I've never known a person who was critical of most things and mad about many things who was generous. I've come to believe that most people who feel we talk too much about money never really want to talk about money at all. Generous of people enjoy talking about it. I've come to believe that there is a direct connection that exists between a person's faith and a person's generosity. Those who give generously tend to become more faithful, and the reverse is true in most instances. He made a lot of observations, and while some might want to debate some of the facts the preacher uh, claimed are related, uh, many of them, if not most, are indeed accurate assessments. Money is a topic that often generates uh, opinions, strong opinions, sometimes great ire, um, as he mentioned in his facts. While the discussion of money may anger some, the truth is a pastor is not fulfilling the command of God to preach the whole counsel of God unless he deals with that subject. And you can't go through the book of Proverbs without dealing with or without talking about the matter of money. In fact, about a year ago in Proverbs chapter 10, believe it, I haven't even made it past chapter 11. Ah, okay, but about a year ago in Proverbs chapter 10, we talked about or we looked at in the book of Proverbs, the rich and the poor. Uh, tonight, we take a, a look at a little different aspect of the matter of money. It's the matter of giving. Look, if you would, at uh, chapter 11 and verse 24. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. 
The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. We could even add verse 26, although it's a little different aspect, even uh, in the matter of, of finances and money. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Now these verses we've already mentioned, as we looked through, starting in verse 14 and all the way through the end of the chapter, looked at how many times in these various verses we learned about uh, the, the idea of sowing and reaping. Do you remember? The last verse of the chapter deals with that, and then many of these uh, verses talk about the principle of sowing and reaping in so many different ways. But we didn't want to leave off and just totally skip the rest of this passage. By the way, uh, I know we looked at women as we looked in verse 14 last, uh, last time, and, uh, or verse 16, I'm sorry, about a gracious woman. And I know that the women were expecting me to deal with men. Sorry. Sorry. Guys don't need anything? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's not true. Uh, but there's 150 some odd verses where the word man is found in the book of Proverbs. And uh, so I'm not done with that one yet. All right. And maybe, maybe we'll see men need so much more than ladies. That's what it is. Uh, and maybe perhaps we'll get to that topic. But tonight we deal with principles for giving. And I know I normally have an outline. I don't yet tonight. Um, there's been a few changes that have happened this week and, uh, and a few things that have taken some time up uh, that uh, kind of uh, affected our, our ability to get an outline done for tonight. But I want to deal with the subject and give you some principles for giving because these verses teach us some helpful things in this matter of giving. And Solomon takes time to speak about the subject, the subject of giving, and in these maxims, he's going to share some important truths for us to grasp. And just as we address the subject of rich and poor uh, in, in, in uh, chapter 10, now we come to another aspect and we lay out a number of truths for believers to live in light of. So I just kind of have a list of things, like five or six uh, different things, and we might even add to it a little bit. I still have a little bit. Well, uh, just contemplating some additional verses. But in these verses, we find, first of all, or we least can share, that giving is an expected thing. That giving is an expected thing. In fact, if you want to put it uh, in another way, we could say giving is a required thing. If we so chose to say that, uh, because it's God, something God expects and requires throughout Scripture. In fact, uh, since we're doing kind of a study of topics and the study of the matter of giving, um, we might even just start back in chapter 3 in Proverbs. Because in Proverbs chapter 3, we find that, if you would, the first mention of the matter of giving. And he talks about it in relation to giving to the Lord. Look in verse 9. He says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So God tells us that he expects us to be involved in this matter of giving. Now, it's not only directly stated in Proverbs chapter 3, but if we get back to, and if you never left chapter 11, it's also suggested here where God says, look, there's blessing that comes when people give, and there's, if you would, loss that comes 
with people who aren't willing to give. Do you see that in verse, uh, in verse 24? There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. By the way, would you expect someone to scatter things, to, to give uh, things out? Okay, so someone has, someone has, if you would, seed, and that person goes out and spreads seed. Now, would you expect him to have more seed when he's done? No. I said, no. So actually, the proverb is kind of, in a sense, it's shocking, but there is that scattereth. There is, there is a person who disperses. There is a person who gives out, and yet, even in giving out, he finds that he has more. Now, uh, there's many ways in which that could be explained and understood, but uh, in this matter of giving, it's, it's that God expects people to be involved in giving because giving is a way to find God's blessing in life. And then if you look in verse 24, he talks about, you know, the, the one that withholds more than his meat. More than he needs to, he holds more back. And, and what God says is, look, it tends to, to, uh, to poverty so that when someone isn't willing to give and holds back from this matter of giving, uh, he loses out. So, look, there, there's ultimately then this idea. How, or maybe you're asking the question, how do you argue that this passage teaches uh, giving is expected? Well, look, if we're told giving brings reward and that failure has consequences, then it's not a stretch to say God expects people to be givers. Now, look, we could prove it from a lot of other scriptures in the Bible, but just looking at the text itself in Proverbs chapter 11 as we've been working our way through the book uh, and looking at principles, we find that this matter is what God expects of us. Um, there is a reality that is hidden in the lessons in, in giving in proverb, Proverbs, and it's this, that in most cases... God gives men more than they actually need for the sustenance of life. Now, by the way, I'm thankful for that, aren't you? I mean, you know, we, we look at, we, you, you can go to your home probably just as we can, and we can I, can, I can look in a pantry and I can say, well, there's other things that are stored in there, but there's plenty of food. Uh, most of you have enough in your refrigerators that if, I mean, all all else failed. You could you could eat for a week if you didn't have anything anything financially. Uh, some of you have pantries, and some of you have stuff stored away that you could eat for probably months. And um, and that is a general truth that actually is brought out in this passage. But look, God, in many cases, abundantly blesses people with more than they actually need for life. And God didn't intend that you hoard that. God didn't intend that you keep that. God wants you to have the mentality, and God expects you, and God demands of you that you learn to take what is extra and give. That that is the mentality he wants you to live with. And so uh, God, giving is expected. Giving is to be directed. Now, we could argue in the book of Proverbs, there are a lot of lessons in this, but there's basically two ways in which giving is directed in the book of Proverbs. We just read Proverbs 3, didn't we? So where would that giving be? You're to honor the Lord with the substance and the first fruits of your increase. Where would that giving be? Where would that giving be in the book of Proverbs when that was written? Where would the giving be made?
okay, no. The truth is they would probably bring it somewhere to the temple. In the worship of God, the children of Israel were all expected to give as God had met their needs and as God had prospered them. And so when increase came, they were to give. And that giving then was, okay, you, it was basically the same idea, Joel. You were correct on that matter. That this giving was, was uh, to the temple and for the sustenance of those who were ministering in the temple and doing the work of God. Um, and so uh, giving is to be directed uh, definitely to God's house, the tithe, by the way. Um, and you say, well, the New Testament doesn't talk about tithes. Okay, uh, then offerings, whatever you want to call, you want to call it. Uh, offerings were always to be directed to the Lord's house for the work of the Lord. Now, the other direction then, and what would this, the direction of these verses in Proverbs 11 be? Okay, those in need. Now, these verses don't necessarily tell this, although... Two times in the book of Proverbs we will see, and we'll probably look at these a little bit later on, uh, is, is the matter of having pity on the, on the poor, those who are needy. And so it's seeing needs, and then it's giving. So giving is to be directed to God's house, specifically as God gives to us. Uh, we are to, from the first fruits to give back to God. And then those uh, then we are also to be involved as God abundantly blesses in scattering and meeting the needs of those around us. Now, it's interesting, and I don't have time to delve into it, although it's important for us to note this. In the New Testament, the only examples of, of giving that we are, at least primarily when we see the matter of God's people giving in the New Testament, they gave to the local church. Uh, when God prospered, they gave to the local church to meet needs. But do you know that even when there were physical needs among the people, there was a famine in Jerusalem. So do you know what the believers did? Paul asked the church people to give, and they all collected at church the giving. And then uh, actually some people were sent. Paul was among them who took this offering to Jerusalem to meet the needs of believers. And so... Uh, the, the giving, I mean, if you wanted to argue the fact, even in meeting the needs of the poor, much of the giving in the New Testament seemed to be all directed to the church so that it could be dispersed to the needy as well as take care of the needs uh, of the work. So giving is to be directed to God's house, to needy people. Um, the third truth that I want you to see and we're going to share uh, from the book of Proverbs is that giving is about this is an interesting statement, righteousness. Look at verse 24, if you would, in chapter 11 again. The desire of, the, um, I'm sorry, there is that scattereth, I'll, I'll get the right verse, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. You know, as I was looking the verse through and trying to uh, glean some of the, the different principles, if you will, from these verses, uh, it was interesting to me. I, I had never looked up the word meat before. Uh, wh what do you think? Well, we say when I say meat, what do you think of? But I'm not talking about M-E-A-T, all right? But when I mention the word M-E-E-T, what would you think would it would mean? What? Okay, proper or sufficient. 
But what's interesting is that this word, if you look it up in, in other places, how it's used in the rest of the Old Testament, you'll find that it is translated a number of times uprightness. It means righteous. This is an amazing thought, and I want you to ponder this, this truth. He says, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is upright. Okay, here's the idea, that it is righteous and it is good and it is acceptable for someone to take care of and meet their own needs. When God gives, he doesn't expect someone to just give everything back. God does expect someone to hold back the things that are going to be meat, that are upright, righteous. It is right to provide for my family. You know, I would be, I would be an absolute fool if we had a real tough time in America and I had a windfall of finances come to me and my wife was starving, but I took the money and I gave it to someone else to eat. That wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be upright. But in this verse, if you look at verse 24, he's saying there's people who withhold more than is upright. It's fine to take care of your needs, but there's some people that keep far more than they really need. And that tends to poverty. But God makes this a matter of right and wrong. Isn't that interesting? That if I refuse to give, to meet needs, it is a matter of right and wrong. It is not a matter of, well, this might be good, this isn't, maybe isn't all that good. But this is a matter of what's right and what's wrong. What is upright, appropriate, before a holy God, and what is totally out of place. And it's no wonder then, isn't it, that in, in this passage and in the, this very verse, God says, you know what? It tends to poverty when someone does that. You know why? Because God says, you are not acting right. And I'm going to make you pay for that. And when someone gives, God is saying, as they, again, evaluate and consider, here are the needs that I have in my family, and I'm taking care of those needs. And as they give them the excesses God has so blessed, then God says, you know, that is right. So, so get this. It is a sin for a Christian to keep more than they need. Wow. That's challenging, isn't it? Giving is about righteousness, about that which is, is right. Now, uh, you say, well, well, how do we determine what the amounts are and, and how do we determine percentages? Solomon said nothing about that and God said nothing about that. Because this is a matter between an individual and God. It is a matter that they are supposed to very carefully consider because there is right and there is wrong. And I'm, I'm telling you, friends, if you don't give what you should, God will judge. And if you give what you should, God will cause your need and, 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 and supply, if you would, to meet the need that you have. Amazing truth. By the way, Will God ever ask you to give more than his meat? They say, no, he will never do that. Um, and yet, when you look in the New Testament, you'll find that the church, churches in Philippi did. 
They gave in their poverty. So there are times when I may be sensitive to the leadership of the Lord where I don't even have enough for me, where God does work in my heart and direct as I seek to please him in the matter of giving. Not like television evangelists tell you that, you know, we're, we're starving and we need, we need another million dollars in order to keep running our program and, uh, and fleecing people, okay? So we're not talking about that, but we are talking about times when God does so lead people, even in their poverty, to be giving people, and God then, but my God, do you know Proverbs 4 was written in this, in this context, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Because see, the churches did that. They said, Paul has a need. God is leading us to give. In fact, Paul told them in the book of Corinthians, I, the churches at Macedonia did this, and I couldn't believe they did it because they were in poverty. And it's no wonder he could tell them, my God will supply your need because there's not a God in heaven that's going to lead you to do something such as this and give of yourself above and beyond what you even have the ability to give. God will never leave you without enough. And uh, that's what, because the truth is, and we say it all the time, you can't outgive God. And it's very true. So this is a matter of right and wrong. And, it is, uh, and, and Christians have the right to consider what their needs are, but then above and beyond, they need to be generous with that which God has given. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not going to get it all done tonight. So we'll just leave it right there, and here's what I'll do. I will make the outline with those first three points, and then we're going to continue on um, and learn some more principles, and we will finish this up, Lord willing, next, next time we have opportunity on Wednesday night. Uh, but may we be people who understand that principle. I think this one really has, uh, if, if there's something that stood out in the study, it was that word meat in chapter 11 and how uh, giving is really about right and wrong. And, and God, God has convicted me about that. I, I, I need to look at finances not as a matter of, well, can I give or whatever, but I need to look at money as a matter of there's right and wrong in this, and I want to make sure I'm in the right because I want God's blessing, don't you? And I certainly don't want to do wrong because I, I don't want to be on the other side and see God work, if you would, and take away that which I have because I haven't been faithful with what I have the responsibility to be faithful with. So may we be people who give and, and do what's right in our giving, um, and God will certainly honor that. Father, thank you for the time you've given us. And I, and I know we've just had a few moments to kind of uh, give a few principles, but I pray that these things would be in our mind and that they would impact our attitude in the matter of giving and that it would cause us to think and that we would be Christians who give what we ought and who give what's right and please you in this matter of, um, of money. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Lord bless you as you do right. You're dismissed.